Hey, hey. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Welcome to Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. I'm Kirsten Galfan, your host. I started my company, Fitness Inspired, in 2008. I have my master's degree in exercise science. And yeah, I started my company with the mission and the vision of making changes you love to live with. And I'm so excited to continue doing that every single day. And I'm going to be here weekly with your dose of inspiration, applications, strategies, and tips to make changes you love to live with. Hey, Nicole, how are you? Hi, how's it going? Doing great. It's so good to talk to you. Uh, Nicole is a registered dietitian. She is a fitness instructor. Actually, we have done some work together with Fitness Inspired. So she's my kind of people. I'm excited to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. I feel very honored to be here. So thanks for inviting me. Yay. Okay. So as you hear, I'm connected with Nicole, but the reason why I asked her to come on this podcast today is based on something she posted about deprivation type of eating. And you said more of the intuitive, which I've heard that's a buzzword. And I'm going to have you kind of explain it in your own words in a minute. But I really want us to leave today feeling capable, at least to a first step of eating healthy and empowered, rather than feeling like, oh, all those like feelings of deprivation, or feeling bad about what we ate. And also, I know I deal with this all the time with clients, you know, working with them, I hear how they basically intermingle food and exercise together. And it breaks my heart when that happens. Mm, Okay. Because I know, and we can talk a little bit about this later too, but I know it can really damage our thought process around it. I've seen how it has led to very destructive thoughts and even simple things like, oh, I just had a terrible in their mind meal. Now I need to quote unquote, punish myself. That's how I hear it with exercise, which in my opinion, exercise, well, exercise should never be a punishment. Mm -hmm. And talk to me about food being a reward and stuff before we get into the deprivation. What do you think on that? Like, I feel like that's also destructive, destructive for us to always think food is a reward and always think exercise is a is a punishment because it is not. We like to, Nicole and I both love to exercise because it's great for our body. And I, I love to eat well because it's good for my body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that's such a great point that, yeah, that people can use exercise as like this penance for, you know, eating cookies or something like that. And yeah, that takes away from the joy of exercise for sure. I am all with you there. Um, as far as food being a reward, um, mm-hmm. so you kind of want to look at food as, it kind of gets into like the emotional eating part, which we won't okay. be able to really get into that this time around. Um but dealing with your emotions with kindness. Um, 
There are some times when, you know, food can be comforting. And I think, too, it's been demonized with COVID. And, you know, you find that you're maybe eating more Ben and Jerry's because you feel stress or whatever. And, you know, also having some compassion and kindness for when we do that. Um, that, you know, that can be actually a great way to soothe our souls and having kindness um, when you're dealing with emotions and food. Because um, oh, I think so sometimes, we yeah, I think so that in. Yeah. And with ourselves of all things, but what we're talking about today is food. Yes. That's awesome. Keep going. But it does, it does kind of get into like the guilt and the shame because I think mm-hmm. emotional eating can become a buzzword too. We're like, oh my gosh, I emotionally ate. That was bad. I'm bad. Um, and yeah, that kind of also brings up guilt and shame. Um, that's also a part of deprivation. So a little bit of like a segue, but it is a part of that deprivation that's kind of created by our diet culture. Okay. Yes. So basically what we're, we're thinking about today is how can we eat healthy and empowered? And one of those ways I think you're going to explain to us is intuitive eating. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I've heard it a lot, but I I don't really get it completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to. There is a lot of misconception about intuitive eating, and there's an uptick with it recently. Um, I think most people think of, oh, it's stop when you're full and eat when you're hungry. Um, But there's a lot more to that. It's based on 10 different principles that were developed by um, Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Resch. They wrote the book, um, Intuitive Eating. It's been around for decades, and they're on their fourth edition. But it's a self-care eating framework. And um, it's pretty much just about learning how to eat um, based on like looking inward instead of outward. It's kind of the best way to summarize it. Yeah. Um, instead of like having you know external cues to tell you when and what and where you should eat, you're more tuning into those satiety cues, those hunger and fullness cues. Um, also, satisfaction and pleasure. You know, what sounds good to you um, and what would you like to eat? Maybe there's a day where you feel like, you know, I want something more light. I kind of want like a green smoothie. And then there's other days where you feel like, you know, I kind of want a hamburger. I want something heavier, um, mm-hmm. something that's going to sustain me longer. Um, so it's really tuning into your inner wisdom. And that's what intuitive eating is in a nutshell. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I like using the word self-care when it comes to it because I've really been trying to encourage from an exercise perspective too to think of it as self-care because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a form of taking care of yourself. And obviously we need to, we want to, we need to eat to sustain ourselves and to look at it in a self-care kind of way. I really like that framework. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Um, One of the principles, they have 10, as I mentioned, and one is making peace with food, which is, I think what we're going to go into. Um, So if you want, I can describe what that principle is. Sure. That sounds good. And then I'll just ask some questions around it. If, if we need to get more specific and stuff. So go ahead. Yes, please do. Um, So making peace with food, when you reached out to me, I actually had to laugh because you are diving right into probably the most controversial (laughs) principle with intuitive eating. So there you go. (laughs) I love it. You're just like grabbing life by the horns. Um, I love it. 
So the reason this is controversial is because in essence, we're telling people you can eat whatever you want and however much you want, which is, you know, not the message that you get from anywhere else. You know, you hear like, okay, I need to eat this amount, this portion size, or I need to be eating these foods. Um, But this is about stop labeling food as good and bad, um, about eating what you want and not having penance for, you know, eating what you think is the wrong food. Um, And the reason being is when you allow yourself full permission, unconditional permission to eat, then you are able to um, experience habituation. So this is a a key word. um, And pretty much it's just making food um, ordinary. And I'm going off a little bit on a path, but we'll bring it back. Okay. Kind of what happens is I think a lot of people have this experience where you have a rule, (laughs) you have a food rule. Maybe you're like, I'm not going to, you know, eat desserts for one week or, you know, I'm only going to have one brownie today. And that's a way of creating deprivation. And inevitably what happens is you reach a point where you kind of (laughs) tip, where you um, eat the brownie and then it kind of snowballs into eating a bunch of brownies and you feel kind of this loss of control Mm -hmm. um and then the response to that is shoot like i need to restrict again um Mm -hmm. because i'm out of control so the really the cool thing about eating uh, making peace with food is it helps you to not overeat it helps you to not have these super strong cravings um i want to dive into this a little bit so I totally agree with not making foods good or bad, right? Okay, so let's talk about how or some ideas of how we should make it instead of good and bad. Like for me, it really helped when I started thinking about food as fuel, as a tool. It's not like a positive or negative thing. It's a tool for fueling my body and different people are going to be a little different. And like you mentioned before, there's certain times, I don't know what it has to do with, you know, hormone levels or whatever that I will want certain types of food or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have a good idea for us to try? Because most of us are brought up in our culture that makes good and bad foods, cheat days, cheat foods, mm-hmm. good foods. So can we get an alternative besides that? Yeah, I think it also confuses people when we talk about good and bad food because they're like, I know there's a difference between like a carrot stick and an Oreo. <laughs> there's You're like right. a nutritional difference there. And they're totally right. Like, yeah, there is like a different nutrition profile there. Um, but what we're getting at is the emotional equivalence um, and kind of the moral, moralistic way of um, eating Like, yeah, we can sometimes feel bad about eating Oreos, um, but you're not stealing them. (laughs) You know, we don't need to feel like that we're a bad person in any way and make it a moral issue. Um, So it's really taking out like that moral part of it um, and seeing food as neutral, emotionally neutral. Emotionally neutral. Mm -hmm. But I can also call upon a time where I had too many Oreos and I didn't feel bad emotionally. Well, I may have felt bad emotionally. I don't remember, but I feel bad in my gut. Yeah. Play yeah. on that. Like it does that play into intuitive oh, eating? For sure. Yes. Intuitive okay. eating is about being 
attuned to what you're feeling in your body, the sensations. And I mean, that's great that you're able to catch on to that. Like, I feel physically uncomfortable right now. Um, And another part of intuitive eating is eating for satisfaction and pleasure. And if you're feeling that physical discomfort, it's not going to feel good. Um, So if you're driven by that, then you'll not want those experiences. Um, But I'm with you. Like I, gosh, spent all my middle school years, all high school, college, um, just kind of going back and forth between like binging and restricting um, and had some really uncomfortable experiences eating I was just thinking of one I had in high school. We're going to a family gathering um, Mm -hmm. and I'm in the car. We had those big Costco muffins um, Mm -hmm. in the back. And I was, you know, on one of my um, food rules, you know, I didn't, I wanted to restrict my desserts Mm -hmm. and I kind of just reached a point where their deprivation was too much. And I sat in the back and like ate two of those big Costco muffins. I felt so physically sick. And then all the like guilt and shame started coming in Mm -hmm. as well. And so then I walk into like this family gathering feeling like physically uncomfortable and like emotionally I'm not well. And it just was, it was really bad. I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I think that making peace with food really helps you with that experience where once you get rid of the deprivation, then you can actually experience food um, and have the space to be able to um, taste food and be attuned to it, be attuned to what you're feeling in your body and make a decision from there instead of having all this like urgency to eat it. Because sometimes if we restrict food, um, we kind of feel like this is the last time I'm going to have it because tomorrow I'm going to restrict it again or next week. um, So I better eat all of it now because it's going to be gone and you kind of stop checking in with your body and you don't even realize like, um, I don't feel good in my body right now. I don't want to eat any more food, but it's kind of that now or never mm-hmm. feeling. So once you get rid of that urgency, you have that space to really be able to think like, do I even like this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have another story. I know I'm talking a lot. No, that's um, okay. Uh, so before you go into the other story, I just want to see in on a couple things you said. One, I think we can all remember what you started off saying is let's, when we do mess up, when we do like dis or go in a way that we're uncomfortable, we don't like the way we went to have compassion on ourselves. Like, oh, yeah. you know, now knowing what you know now, obviously you could parent or coach or whatever that version of you that walked into the part that family party So that's one thing. And then the other thing, I have some specific questions too about like we teach ourselves out of this. So have you worked with people? Like for me, I need to like the way I relate to intuitive eating for me, and please correct me if this is not the right path I'm going down. But if I... I kind of eat quickly and I've been trying to slow down, trying to slow down, but you know, the whole thing, like your brain needs to catch up to your stomach type thing. Mm -hmm. I find I have to, even if I'm consciously not eating fast, it's like, I don't know. I have to think ahead and I kind of say to myself like, okay, I'm going to pause here. And if I'm hungry again, if I'm still hungry, I will eat. That's fine. But I've been so used to 
waiting for that sensation of being filled up. And that doesn't happen when I'm actually filled up. Does that make sense? Can you explain yeah. that? Yeah, I think that's um, that's a really great question. Um, so I'd say that um, as far as like feeling like full, um, mm. yeah, like pausing and checking in is really important with intuitive eating. And I think also it doesn't necessarily matter how much time you spend eating. Um, I think that's another misconception with okay. intuitive eating. They're like, oh, you're spending like hours like <laughs> eating your lunch. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm a busy mom, trust me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's more about like, where is your mind at while you're eating? Um, a okay. lot of us are like on our computers, on our phones while we're eating. And that really takes away from the experience. And, you know, when you are starting to make peace with food, that's important too is that you are there. <laughs> um, you are with your food and you're not really doing anything else. Maybe you have some music playing in the background and a lot of us eat with people. Um, mm-hmm. But when you're starting to make peace with food, it's actually good to maybe to even do it alone, depending on, you know, if that's something that works for you. But okay. if you, you want to be paying attention to your food, you want to be paying attention to the flavor, the taste, the texture, um, and also what you're feeling in your body. Um, and that will tune you into, oh, yeah, like I am starting to feel full. And it's not always going to be a perfect process. Um, mm-hmm. Like sometimes you're not always going to be like, yes, this is like the perfect time where I feel like um, comfortable fullness. And mm-hmm. then you can go on with your day. Sometimes you may end earlier than that. And you'll realize like, gosh, I need some new, some more food sooner than I thought. Um, but, you know, that's OK. And there's there's a lot of flexibility with intuitive eating. Um, and honoring that hunger when you start to feel it again. And you get really good as you start to like pause and tune in to how you're feeling physically, um, what you're eating, about all the nuances which with your hunger and fullness. Because a lot of people, they don't feel hunger until it's like they're really feeling hungry, like urgent, like I need to eat right now or else I'm going to like eat a horse. Um, but there's a lot of cues before that. And um, I think with our busy lifestyles or even dieting takes you away from actually figuring out like, oh, when do I start to feel gentle hunger? And when am I starting to feel comfortable fullness, which for me, I feel like is the greatest satisfaction. That's where you're going to hit the greatest satisfaction. I don't I don't like eating when I'm really, really hungry and I don't like eating when I'm really, really full. But yeah, that's. It's really tuning in and figuring out, like, where is your mind going? Like, even if you're thinking of other things while you're eating, you're not really paying attention to your food. Um, And, of course, you don't want to have, like, that's all you're doing. Like, thoughts will come in about different things. Like, oh, I need to, like, take my son to piano, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're mostly focused on your eating. And, you know, time doesn't really really matter. It can help at the beginning um, when you're trying to, like, connect. But... Yeah. I know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it totally does. I think what, how I specifically relate to stopping eating is I think, could I do moderate exercise right now? Or in like, mm-hmm. not right now, but in like 10 or 15 minutes, could uh-huh. I do moderate exercise for me? And uh-huh. that's helpful. Uh-huh. And like I said, like we train ourselves out of good things that babies or little kids might know. And that's with mm-hmm. breathing. That's with food. Oh, that's yeah. with, like having the desire to move our body. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. So, I'm totally with you there. Yeah. So that is helpful. Like I am going to continue to use that gauge for the end, but I might need some tips before the end of this about how to relate to the beginning of eating. 
because I don't know. I think I've trained myself out of it. I don't know how to relate to that. So describe to me more about the beginning of eating. Like when you start to feel hungry, is that what you mean? So like most of us, right, have certain times that we eat. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how we just, you know, go through life. But I guess what I would say is, I don't know, you said like moderately hungry or what were the terms you used that you should- Um, So gentle, gentle hunger and comfortable fullness. So gentle hunger. So what if I am gently hungry at an awkward time? That's one question. (laughs) And then what if I'm gently or I'm not gently hungry at a time that I am choosing to eat with my family? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Oh, yeah. So such great questions. I love it. Um, So I think like self-care comes in there too, um, where you're like, okay, I'm going into a meeting. um, I won't have access to food for a couple hours. Like, even though I'm not hungry in the moment, I need to eat something um, Mm -hmm. because I know a couple hours that's going to happen. And I think too, like once you start connecting with your body, Um, then you start to see a pattern and it won't always be the same because maybe you do like a workout and you, you know, need a little bit more food after. So it can change and vary. And that's why it's important to connect and get those cues from the body. Um, but as far as like, Oh, like my family's eating, um, and I don't feel hungry. I mean, like there's different things you can do there. I'd say maybe find something that if you find something small to eat, Mm -hmm. um, because you still, you want to be there with your family, right? Like that's a good social experience. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I have a good answer for that. I'm sorry. I don't give you a satisfactory answer. No, Um, but I'd say just being there in the moment with them is fine. And even like, is there, can your family eat a little bit earlier when, you know, your pattern of eating, when you say, right. oh, yeah, usually I'm, I'm eating every two to three hours or every four to six, you know, can we move it earlier or later so that I can enjoy that with my family? Right. And I don't know if this is like with everyone, but I definitely see that your body gets used to the times you eat. And I feel hungry at that time, no matter what is my mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you eat breakfast, lunch and dinner at the same time every day. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you're probably just like cueing in to like what your body is feeling. Okay. Um, and maybe you have like a similar structure throughout your day. Like you get up at, you know, right. six. Yeah, I do. Six I, wait. I know you get up really early. <laughs> um, <laughs> for me, it's like eight, nine. Um, right. But so I think maybe if you have like a very predictable schedule, then mm-hmm. that could be it. But okay. yeah, like you're not locked into a system with intuitive eating. Um, really, mm-hmm. if you're like queuing in to, okay, I'm, this is when I'm feeling hungry, then that's fine. Um, as far as like tips of how to, to help people start, I guess we're going into like how to start getting, uh, start feeling hungry. Like when, how can they cue into when they're starting to feel hungry? Yeah. Um, I'd say just like pausing throughout the day and just checking in with your body is a good way to start. And just little experiences will eventually um, kind of come together and accumulate. It's a lot of like experiential learning with intuitive eating where you're trying to connect with your body because everyone's different. Um, so as you're like noticing, oh yeah, like I feel the sensation. 
um, like, oh, I feel, for me, it's like, oh, I feel a little lightheaded. Um, so that's mm-hmm. kind of a cue, like, I need to eat something or I'm going to be hungry soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's hunger cues are a little bit different and you have to start to recognize your hunger cues and that requires like paying attention. So what questions do you have? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so, I like totally confuse you. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, I mean, I cut you off with the, the story. Do you want to tell that story? Is it still relevant? Cause we got to be wrapping up here. I want to do another episode with you about how to relate to your kids. I think that would be super helpful. How to relate to your kids with eating? Yeah. So we'll, okay. we'll save that for another time. Okay. But this sounds good. Really, yeah. really helpful. Okay. Good, good. Because um, I know like, intuitive eating, it's, it's amazing and beautiful. It can also be a little bit complicated. So mm-hmm. um, I apologize if I left people like a little confused. Um, but I, that story actually does tie in. So okay. the story I was thinking of is um, there's a person who would eat like uh, chocolate kisses by the bagfuls. Um, and then when they decide to make peace with food, you know, really, truly allow themselves, like, I can have as many chocolate of these chocolate kisses as I want. Um, mm-hmm. Then what happens is they created that space. And in that space, they're able to not feel this urgency that was going to go away. Um, but they can actually sit down in a quiet place and with, like, you know, mild hunger, but not super hungry so that they could actually enjoy it. Um, and that they realize after eating this. And struggling with these kisses for so long um, <laughs> that it tasted like crayon. <laughs> yeah. They actually were tuned into the taste. Um, and they're like, why did I like, want to eat these for so long? Um, so it's kind of funny when you have that experience. Like there's a forbidden food that you have mm-hmm. and you actually get a chance to um, enjoy it without the urgency or the deprivation. And you realize like, oh, I don't even like this. And sometimes it happens where you're like, yeah, I really, really like this. This is great. So I think one thing with making peace with food um, is starting to make a list of all the foods that are forbidden for you um, and just, you know, starting at the top. And as you feel comfortable, I mean, this is like, you know, if you don't feel comfortable and you're not ready for this, um, that is totally fine. Um, And then having a place where you can um, experience that and you do that multiple times and you want it in your house in abundance. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. So I did this with somebody um, with Oreos. So they bought a couple packages of Oreos just so that your brain knows that it's, I don't know if I'm ready for this, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) And it's total comfort thing. Um, And you know, you do one thing at a time, you want the food to be the same type. So I know Oreos come in like all different flavors. So you just want to pick one type and then you kind of just eat it. You can try it every single day. And what happens is that habituation sets in, back to that word, um, where you're making the food ordinary. And what happens is when it's always around, it's always in abundance, then you stop really caring about it. And it gets rid of that deprivation that leads to overeating. Um, So that's kind of a place where people can start. You definitely don't have to do it that way. Some people are like, I'm going to take all my forbidden foods and just tackle them all at once, which is like, Great. Like, if you feel ready for that, go for it. Um, but I can even send a list. Um, I don't know if you have a place where people can click on, like, um, extra information. Yeah. Um, but there's a checklist of, okay, when you – this is how – this is when you are ready to make peace with food. Like, it's a good kind of guideline for when you're ready. 
Um, so that might be helpful for people, but it's, it's pretty amazing. I used to struggle a lot with overeating and intense cravings and yeah, since making peace with food, it, it's amazing. Like it's been years since I've like, you know, eaten tons and tons of food and binged on food. Um, which is incredible to me. Like I'll forget about I had Ben and Jerry's in the like freezer. I was like, what yeah. the heck? I have two pints of Ben and Jerry's. Like I totally forgot about this. <laughs> and that never happened before. Like right. I would like hunt for dessert, you know, when you have like those cravings for chocolate and you're just like hunting, like, where is it? Where is it? Um, but yeah, like nothing like that anymore, which is really amazing. Um, yeah. Incredible. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Um, I am just thinking for myself and people can adopt this too, is like basically what I want to continue to encourage myself to do is to think of kind of neutralized food and making it a fuel in my mindset. Like as soon as we make it, like this is giving me energy and life and nourishment Mm-hmm. And think of it in that framework, mm-hmm. then to me, it just makes all of this much, a much better process. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I thought of when you were talking about that is my mission that I wrote even before I started my business in 2008. So forever ago, when I was just personal training and doing some classes on the side, was making changes you love to live with. And Mm -hmm. it seems to me, and maybe you feel this as well, when people come to you for food stuff and when people come to me for fitness stuff, is like the first thing they think of is like either what's the best, like what's the absolute best exercise I can do? Like that is something that comes up for a lot of people. And then also another thing is like, I don't want to do X. And Mm -hmm. for me, this is along the same lines as what you're talking about. It's like, Let's make changes you love to live with. Let's do that. Like we can get healthier and feel better and make the next step in, the, you know, a better mindset when it comes to our food and empowered and intuitive without just like, I don't know, feeling like you're going to deprive yourself or you have to do this very yeah. structured uh, feeling of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very, very empowering. And you don't feel that like loss of control, which is, you you know, you don't feel like you have to have these external rules or you have to keep the food out of the house or else I'm not going to be in control and I'm going to, you know, eat a bunch. Um, So it's very, very empowering for sure that you can trust yourself again. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I love it. Okay. So can you leave us with the tiniest step like that? Those action steps you just gave about the list that's all great, but give us just the tiniest baby step. Tiniest baby step. Um, I'd say like just tune into what do you want to eat today? Like what sounds good? Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually where I start with clients mm-hmm. um, is starting to tune into, you know, what do you want to do? And that kind of helps bring the power back to you because mm-hmm. we're so used to like, okay, what what is the external source telling me I should eat? Um, but starting to tune into, um, yeah, what sounds good. How do I want my body to feel? Um, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. That's good. I love it. Thank you so much, Nicole. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. I'm so excited to take that baby step. I'm pumped about that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to Making Changes You Love to Live With Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe. It's completely free. And share this with a friend. You never know when you could just make their day. And last thing is get on our list for our hump day inspiration. And that can be found at livefitnessinspired.com. All of this is free. Have a great day and I'll talk to you next week.